This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 41. As a former classroom teacher, now homeschooling mama five, I love to equip and encourage other homeschool families. So stick around to learn how to homeschool with Moxie. It's about embracing your journey and finding your groove. Show notes for today's episode can be found at 41more.com forward slash 41. This episode is brought to you by my free members only resource library, where I have a ton of freebies for you and I'm continually adding them. Once you get into my free members only resource library, you're also on my email list, which is amazing because I have lots of goodies and freebies coming your way on a regular basis. Also deals and coupons to some of your favorite curriculum providers. And once a month, I get together with dozens of other homeschool bloggers, and we offer some of our paid products for totally free. And so I know you want to get in on all these goodies. Make sure you head to the show notes and find out how to become a subscriber at 41more.com forward slash 41. So this is episode 41, how to teach science in grades K through eight. So here's the thing you need to know about homeschooling. You can really think about two big groupings of ages. You have kindergarten through eighth grade. Now, obviously there's a huge difference between a kindergartner and an eighth grader, but in general, I like to think of the K through eighth grade years as don't sweat it. You're not going to teach it all. You want them to experience all different subjects, get their feet wet. But honestly, you're not keeping track of grades. Probably you're not being as strict about what's being covered as compared to the ninth through 12th grade years. When your kids are in high school, you're putting together a transcript. They need to cover a certain number of hours and get credit for certain subjects so that they can graduate and be recognized as a high school graduate in your state. So I look at K through eight as being a lot more informal, not saying we're not educating, but just the formality of grading and keeping transcripts is not there. So I'll link to a lot of resources we've used in ninth through 12th in case you're wondering about those um, grade levels. But today I wanted to chat about K through eighth. So here's what we're going to discuss. Number one, when you teach any subject in your homeschool and you're kind of, now we're assuming that you're not just buying a boxed curriculum already done for you. We're assuming that you want to kind of create your own eclectic homeschool Um, flow for science. So number one, you need content. And number two, you need methods. And that's basically all there is to it. It's not that difficult. And I want to break it down for you. So you can see that you can teach science in K through eighth grade without an official curriculum, without spending a lot of money. You can do it with multiple grade levels together, even though there are big differences between what a kindergartner will remember or be able to do, and then what you would expect an eighth grader to be able to do. But let's discuss those two things. So number one, content, and number two, methods. 
Now for content, don't reinvent the wheel. There are lots of great places you can go to get a scope and sequence for science. That's just the official term for, you know, what generally do first graders learn in science? What generally do second graders learn? Now, you do not need to stick with that. Obviously, you're not beholden unless your state has laws that says you have to cover a certain topic. You are not, um, you don't have to abide by that, but that's a great starting place. Um, So you want either some scope and sequence or a great spine to give you some structure and ideas. Now, what is a spine? Well, instead of using a textbook, especially one that's written for one grade level, you might actually want a science encyclopedia. That would be an example of a spine, something that has the topics in a certain order and some basic information that you can jump off of. So I will link to some great spines and also some books you can get on Amazon that cover scope and sequence for different grade levels. Um, So that is number one. That's all you need to start. You need a great list of topics, scope and sequence, or a great spine. Once you have that, now obviously, look, you're never going to cover every topic in in a science encyclopedia. You're not going to cover every topic that year. That science encyclopedia could honestly take you from K through eighth. And so you just need to break it down and decide, okay, in kindergarten, maybe we're just going to cover plants and animals, you know, make it simple. Or you could do where, okay, every year we're going to cover a little earth science, a little life science, a little bit of physical science, a little bit of this and that. Do you see how that works? Maybe one year you're just going to study the solar system and outer space the entire year. Maybe another year you're just going to do you know, how the world works, like how does physical science, what is gravity, what is magnetism, what is all that, how does the world work with all of these kind of science topics? I mean, there's lots of ways you can do it. Go with what you love, what your kids love, or fill in some gaps. Maybe your kids know a lot about the animals and they know a lot about plants, but maybe you're going to need to spend a year on um, anatomy and you want to cover the human body this year. You know, decide what your kids need and what would be a great fit for them. But that's all going to come out of your scope and sequence or the spine you're starting with. So action step number one, locate scope and sequence or an awesome spine. And now let's jump into number two, the methods. This is where eclectic homeschooling is so fun because you're not stuck with a textbook every day and reams of worksheets if you don't want to. I mean, you can do whatever works for you and your kids. So for kindergarten through eighth grade and the subject of science, there are a million and one different ways you could cover the topics. So let's talk about a few of them. And I'm not going to cover every possible idea out there, but this will give you some stuff to think about. Number one, you can do unit studies. These can be online and I'll link to a bunch of online options for you, or they can just be pen and paper. There's a lot of ones you can download that would be written unit studies. You can create your own unit studies, which is all it is, is taking a topic. So say your kids want to learn, say you're going to teach them about, um, let me think, um, birds. Say you're doing a unit study on birds as part of your science. 
you might include um, library books on birds, and then you might build a birdhouse, and you might observe the birds that come to your birdhouse and come to your feeder, and you know learn about what they eat, and learn about the feathers, and I learn to identify the birds, and learn about migration patterns, and you know learn about this the the skeletal system of the birds, and how learn about flight. How does flight happen, and how are birds able to fly? How are they made so they're able to fly? I mean, there's a million and one different topics that can come out of a unit study on birds, and you can go where this unit study leads you. You could create your own just based on the topic of birds, and then what your science encyclopedia teaches, and then just branch it out from there. Obviously, your kids that are a little older, so sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, you might have them um, draw a bird, diagram the parts, write about how flight works, research it, watch videos, and write an essay on how flight works. You know, so you adapt what you require based on your kids' ages. So that's one method of teaching the content would be unit studies. Another one would be notebooking. I love notebooking because it works with any subject and any topic. Basically, you start the year off with a blank notebook. It could be a spiral notebook or a three-ring binder with blank sheets of paper in there. And every day your student learns, they need to record something from that day. So I'm doing notebooking with my first grader right now as we read through nature anatomy book and we'll read a few topics and we'll discuss them and then I have her draw a diagram. So if she learns about trees and there are um, you know, deciduous trees and then there are evergreens and if she learns about these, she will draw a picture and or and maybe we'll even label the parts of a tree. We have the trunk and we have the roots and whatever. And so she draws a diagram based on what the book has. She kind of copies it and she labels it and maybe I have her write a sentence. That's all she does, but she's putting it in her own notebook and it it becomes a great way of ownership because if all you want to do is print out lots of printables, you know, your kids, it's um, kind of like passive learning. If they're just filling in the blanks and answering questions on a worksheet, but if your kids are creating the content, creating the diagram, creating the sentence, there's a lot more active learning that goes on with notebooking. So the older your kids get, they can include more detailed diagrams and a paragraph about something instead of just a sentence. They can define terms in their notebook. There are a lot of things you can do with notebooking, and it's just a great way to have a paper trail to be able to say, this is what we learned in science this year. If your state requires some kind of accountability with your schoolwork, then a notebook is a great way to show your evaluator or whoever what you accomplished in that subject. Science really lends itself to nature walks as well. And I know we did this when um, my uh, four of my boys were in elementary school and we did a unit study on the different types of leaves in on in different types of trees and the way that leaves can be shaped and multiple leaves per branch and that kind of thing. I can't think of all the scientific terms right now, but if you've taught this topic in your homeschool, you probably know what I'm talking about. So we did a field trip, uh, a nature walk through a state park, and we were looking at the different types of leaves on the trees and the and the shrubbery, and we were stopping and, and drawing them in our nature journal. And it was a great hands-on way to learn about this topic. So science definitely, including nature walks with your kindergarten through eighth grade students, is a great way to get them out and nature. Why do we need to learn from a textbook if we can actually go and see it in person? That's going to make a huge difference for your kids' active learning. 
And of course, science would not be complete without experiments and hands-on learning. My oldest had a science experiment book when he was in elementary school that he just adored. And he went through those experiments multiple times per experiment. He loved them. It was was geared toward his age and he could do it himself. And he was learning about basics of, you know, magnetism or light or sound waves or whatever. And that's a great way to do science in kindergarten through eighth grade. There are awesome kits that you can get on Amazon as well to round out the learning for those topics. And they also make great gift ideas. So if you have grandparents looking for gifts, send them a list of some of those awesome science kits from Amazon. So this is just a little bit of a sneak peek into how you can craft your own science curriculum for your kids that are in kindergarten through eighth grade. You start out with your content. What are you teaching them? What's the topic? And then what's this, what are the subtopics? And then you figure out your method. And there are so many options available for you and it doesn't have to be hard. I don't think you should ever be lesson planning where you're writing out 180 days of science lesson plans. I think if you have the topic, subtopics, and all the different methods that you're going to use, I think it can be open and go. You can just pick up where you left off the previous day and you can just work on science for 30 minutes a day or an hour or however long your kids love to do science. So this is just one example of how you can easily teach multiple grades without going crazy and you don't need to spend a lot of money either. It's very doable. So I'll link to some of our favorite curriculum that we've used kind of as a jumping off point for our science. I'll link to all these resources that I mentioned in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 41. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Thank you.